Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, Mel King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Hour number one of the Get Right. We're Reggie KG on 105 through the fan. Kevin Gray, Will Chambers yeah, baby. holding it down for Reds tonight. Regal Mendoza holding it down for you on your turn it on, leaving on station. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app. The text line 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053. If you want to get in on the conversation with you for the next four hours here on your home of the Cowboys and Texas Rangers, you can find me on Twitter, at Kevin Gray Sports. Will, what can they find you on? At underscore Will Chambers. You can also, especially now sitting in for my good friend Reggie Atatula, on mm-hmm. the night show, really play the Will Chambers drinking game tonight. <laughs> it's funny because the Twallows, uh, Twitch.tv, Already, Dallas, yeah, they were like, hey, Will in the house tonight, so drinking game uh, tonight. Is on. That's right. So shout out to my Twallows in the, uh, the Twitch lounge, Twitch.tv slash Dallas Fan Cam. And on YouTube as well, search 105 through the fan on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button while you are there. Coming up in 19 minutes, RJ Ochoa of SB Nation's blog. And the boys going to be joining us talking all things Cowboys as they get ready to head to the great Pacific Northwest to take on the, the Seattle Seahawks at 820. Mac Engel of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram is going to join us on the get right as my well. Man. So looking forward to talking to my man, Mac Engel. And at 1020 tonight, looking forward uh, to a little Willie's world. I don't think I, it's been a while since I've been able to, you know, live in Willie's world. So right. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, that at 10 tonight. It's a place you want to go to, but uh, just for brief periods of time. <laughs> I'm going to ask the question to you as to uh, the Tolos as well. If you could reshape college football teams and conferences, like what would you do? You know, where would you put Ooh, certain teams okay, and, okay. and how would you do it? It's an exercise that was done by a friend of mine who shot it over to me yesterday. So I started. Started to workshop it a little bit, so we'll uh, get the ideas of uh, everybody involved. Okay, looking forward to that at 1020 tonight. Again, text line 877-881-1053. Good to be back in the space tonight. Let's start off with a little Cowboys conversation here on your home of the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys taking on the Seattle Seahawks on Saturday night. That game, Will Chambers, begins at 9 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> nine o'clock. I mean, nine o'clock Central Standard Time for the folks. Yeah. Of course, they're going to be here right here on your home with the Cowboys 105 through the fam. Pre-game begins at six o'clock right here on your home with the Cowboys. Of course, with Eric Chiafalo, Brian Broda, Zach Walchuk will take you from pre-halftime and post-game till two o'clock a.m. Sunday morning. Whew. Oh, wooly bully. I have to bring some beers in for that one. <laughs> uh, the uh, three-time Hall of Famer, Chris Arnold, and yours truly, will have you uh, 10 to 2.30 before Rangers baseball. And then uh, with the Brewers, mm-hmm. that'll be simulcast on KRL, 
L-D-A-M, uh, wants to go over into Cowboys coverage. That's right. So going to be a busy day here on your home of the Cowboys and Texas Rangers. Our first conversation tonight, though, gentlemen, uh, comes from my good buddy David Helmet of Fox Sports, where his latest piece is titled like this, quote, the Cowboys are perfectly set up for contention. Why 2023 is their best shot. So the question is very simple, gentlemen. Is this the best shot the Cowboys have to win a championship mm-hmm. in the Rain Dakota Prescott era? I would say from the perspective of, and I haven't read Dave's piece yet, uh, but I will. Mm-hmm. You posed the question, and uh, I'm always keeping up on my boy D. Hellman, but mm-hmm. I haven't seen this. So I'll just, from my perspective, I'll say that sitting here in the preseason, looking ahead to the season, I would say, yes, it is. Considering the landscape of the uh, of the NFC, right? I'd say throughout a season going into the playoffs, the best opportunity probably for the Cowboys to win a title, oddly enough, in the deck era would have been in 2016. Because if you think about it, I mean, that's the year the Falcons went to and lost the Super Bowl to New England, right? Mm-hmm. And Matt Ryan had an MVP year. But I know the way that we were all feeling going into that, or like while that season was unfolding, that, okay, you're going to have to go through Green Bay, right? But Green Bay was really the only team that really scared you. I mean, Atlanta was really good, but any Cowboys fan at the time would be like, we're feeling good about this. This team was on a roll, and they were imposing their will on other teams. But if you sit and just look at what the NFC is right now, I completely agree with Helen because think about it. Okay, to me, the NFC, you've got three teams and then kind of everybody else. Yep, I would say Philadelphia, San Francisco, and Dallas. Now, Philadelphia, great roster. They went to the Super Bowl last year. Mm -hmm. They had some departures and then seemed to replace them by some really good college players coming in. So you, you have to take Philadelphia as they're very much for real. But then you get to San Francisco, and it gets a little bit interesting there, right? Because their quarterback, if we're all honest with ourselves, do we really think Brock Purdy is that dude? Well, so far in preseason, he's not been great. Practice has struggled. Trey yeah. Lance, we know he's struggled so far. Trey Lance looks bad. Yeah. And then you've got Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. And the 49ers may have, top to bottom, the best roster in the NFL, but... You, when you're shaky at quarterback, that shows, you know, that that's there's some kryptonite there. So just by that fact alone, and look, there's other teams that could play well. We've talked a lot about the Lions in the offseason because of the good turnaround they had and the great mm-hmm. season that Goff had. But come on, it, we're really talking about there's a top tier of NSC teams. There's three. There's Dallas, Philadelphia, San Francisco, and then there's everybody else. Agreed. You never know what's going to happen when you come into a season and another team has a really good one. Like you go at 2017, Philadelphia, boom, got real good. You had six teams in the NFC have double-digit wins. In 2018, that's when the Rams emerged. But the Bears had a really good season with Mitch Trubisky, like the only one he ever had. 2019, San Francisco gets to the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, you have those other teams that get in there, but if you're looking at just because we're doing this basically on paper and in one-plus preseason games, I would agree. 
Hellman, in part of his piece, says, look, the defense somehow looks better. Five members of the Dallas defense have been named all pros at some point mm-hmm. in their career. Obviously, more continuity with Dan Quinn in this offense. But obviously, coming into this year, the biggest storyline for this team is the fact that Kellen Moore is out in playing offensive coordinator in California with Kellen, with Justin Herbert. Big Mike now takes over as play caller here. Dak Prescott on Cowboys storyline today with Nick Eatman. Dak, are you feeling better about the direction of this offense here? Yeah, I mean, just the direction of this offense. Obviously, with the coaching changes, uh, wondering exactly which way we're going to go with this thing, how Mike's going to call it, um, and just uh, having the, the players that we have, adding Brandon Cooks, the personnel, being able to use Turp and some of these guys more. Um, just the way we finished yesterday, it wasn't a great day. Uh, necessarily scoring, but if you go back and look at that tape, a lot of things that we've been working on uh, came came to fruition uh, yesterday, and so it's a great way to just wrap up training camp. As I said, I'm excited about the direction we're headed, a lot of confidence in, in myself, where my game is, uh, and, and just as much as where this offense is and what we can do as a team. Uh, it's been a true iron sharpen iron. I mean, you right. saw the the intensity and the passion showing full effect yesterday. And when you have two two uh, great units that believe in themselves, uh, that's what you're going to get. And a lot of confidence is, is flowing throughout the group. And so uh, yesterday was, was a, a testament to that. The defense for me is going to take the Cowboys as far as they go in terms of winning the championship this year. But it's its offense that's going to have you, to. You really, you really think so? I do. I really do. Because that, that defense played well enough to win the last two years. Right. Which, in the playoff games, and it was the offense that let him down. And it was the offense that let him down, which is key here, because that's the bitter taste that this team has in its mouth over the last couple of years, especially last year. If this offense is going to have the kind of continuity and consistency that Mike McCarthy believes it can have with him running the show, this team is one of the best teams in the National Football okay, League. Okay, so that's what I think is the key. The defense is the best, is the better part of this team right mm-hmm. now because they've got maybe the best player in the NFL in Micah Parsons. So the offense can't be the reason why this team doesn't make exactly. it to the and Super Bowl. We've been instituting on the fan jam uh, why the national media are idiots, national sports media, because of how they have assessed what's happening with these changes on offense. And I'm like, okay, I say it with the caveat that I don't know if it's how they call it and what they do will ultimately work. But you, it's hard to argue that it doesn't make absolute sense as to what they're trying to do. In the Kellen Moore offense, you have a lot of different things that you're trying to not only look at pre-snap, pre-snap but post-snap. That puts a lot more on the quarterback, right? Um, and Dak, which I think is a really solid and at times great quarterback, we can also see him look awful. What's the way to make things better for him? Instead of making all these decisions post-snap and relying on wide receivers, look, seeing the same thing you are seeing, why not just go into more of a timing-based offense and let your playmakers get the ball in space or based on timing rather than doing all that complicated stuff that Kellen was trying to do? That's the first thing. The second thing is, and this is really where I thought they were just complete idiots for the last several months on this, was talking about how, oh, they're they're talking about running the football more. Like, what is this, 1985? Or, you know, we're going back in time? No, it was always situational. That's what Mike was saying, that Kellen wanted to throw it 
you know, he'd throw it 60 times a game. How many times were we late in games, Green Bay, Jacksonville, where you're like, what are they calling? Why would you do that at that time? Mm -hmm. And I think that's the difference. So I feel optimistic about it, especially now that Zach Martin is back. That's right. Big key for them having their all-pro right guard back in the fold in terms of this offensive line. But the biggest thing for me is when you watch this offense, they've talked about all offseason long into training camp after OTAs and minicamp, play purpose. Guys knowing where they need to be, understanding where each receiver needs to go, the communication being cleaner, making sure that Mike McCarthy, Dak Prescott, Brian Schottenheimer are all on the same page. Let's incorporate some screen game. Let's keep defenses off balance and ensure based off of the timing that they're going to be having that they know exactly what they want to do each time they step foot on the football field, play after play after play, right. because this defense is going to be good enough, I think, all year long to keep them in ball games. The offense can't be the reason why this team loses games, much like the last two years have been in the playoffs. And if that is the case, this team is going to go where it wants to go, and that's a deep playoff run because, again, this defense, defensive line, linebacker, we've seen the emergence of guys like, obviously, Leighton Vanderesh, mm-hmm. who last year had a resurgent year. Demarion Overshone, what are you going to get from him as a rookie? Damone Clark. And then for me, the secondary is arguably the most talented in all of the NFL. Trayvon Diggs, Stephon Gilmore, the three-headed monster with J. Ron Curse, Donovan Wilson, and obviously Malik Hooker, who got a new deal as well. Dan Quinn's defense is good enough to win them a championship. Can the offense not mess it up for them? this year well okay I agree with everything that you just said right there there's a couple different parts of it back to the offense Mm -hmm. it's also been mentioned a lot on how like oh they're they're taking stuff away from Dak because they don't want him to lose games for you um I can understand where that may come from no we're just making it make more sense that's really it sure but yeah Dak did do things last year I mean like the reason why it's so hard to talk about Dak in the offense because we can see it look incredible. And then a week later, we can see it look awful. Like, how does that happen? That's why it's so difficult to talk about Dak. Because you could see him play great, and then you could see him play awful, and you're like, what is he? You're like, I don't know, really. You know, I've seen him do both. Mm-hmm. But you're right on defense, and particularly this year. I asked Brian Broadus last week on this that, is this the best defense— or? This is the best defense the Cowboys have on paper going to a season since when? And you'd have to go back to at least the 90s, if not the 70s, when you consider the depth that they have on the defensive line now. When you look at now, they had solidified really depth at linebacker, it feels like, at least so far, right? I feel much better about this mm-hmm. linebacker core now than I did coming into this offseason. Yeah. Based on Van Der Esch, Demone Clark has been playing well so far in preseason. Yeah, healthy I, Sam Williams. I love what Demarion Overshone has looked like so far Yeah, in terms of preseason for them. So I think I feel much better about this linebacking core than I did going into the offseason. And then you talked about you know the depth that they have right now. Uh, well, you talked about how good they are. They also have depth. Yeah. Hell. When it comes to the secondary. That is something that going into last year, they did not have. So, again, and yeah. this goes back to the original question, is this the best opportunity? It absolutely is. It really is. San Francisco is vulnerable, unless, and Atola pointed this out earlier, that the 49ers could be a team like the Ravens that won with Joe Flacco or the ones that won with uh, Trent Dilfer. But how often does that happen? Yeah. This team, this is... And I agree with Hellman here. This is their best shot 
to win a championship, more so because of the backdrop of what this year represents. We've already seen some of these guys get paid. We see Zach Martin get a little bit more of his money going into the next couple of years. But you've got Dak Prescott, who's got a $59 million cap hit coming in 2024. Got to get a new deal for him. CeeDee Lamb going to be a top five paid wide receiver after this upcoming season as well. Micah Parsons is going to become the highest paid defensive player in the history of this league after this season. The sense of urgency for them to win is now because they've got things that they got to take care of. Right. And they've got as much talent as you can ask for going into a season. This is their best opportunity, even with 2016, even with 2014, even 2007. This group is as talented and as deep as they've seen in a long time here. We talked to John Mashota as well, who had a piece that came out last Saturday that were, um, you know, who's looked the best in training camp. Mm-hmm. And he said somebody that's quietly had an incredible camp was Demarcus Lawrence. Yeah, he's been great. And just looking like the Demarcus Lawrence of when he's healthy, doing what he does. But to your point, when all of a sudden you got to pay two of the guys that you just talked about, what does that mean for Demarcus Lawrence and his future on the team? Some of your pay, you know, there's going to be decisions. So what you have right now on paper is going to, you're going to have to do a lot of things. You're going to have to draft really well next year to possibly plug in some holes from guys that you may not be able to keep because of salary issues. It's a massive year for America's team. They get, continue their preseason on Saturday when they travel to Seattle to take on the Seattle Seahawks right here on your home of the Cowboys 105 through the fan. Coming up next, R.J. Ochoa of SB Nation's blog of the boys. He joins us to give us his perspective on how he feels about America's team going into this upcoming season. We do it next on 105 through the fan. To get right, we're Reggie KG right here on 105 through the fan. Kevin Gray, Will Chambers in for Reginald Atatula on this Thursday night. Regal Mendoza. What's up, baby? Regal Mendoza holding it down for here. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app. The text line 877-881-1053 coming up in 17 minutes. We'll go around the National Football League where this NFC East team still has no idea who their starting quarterback is going to be week number one. Right now, though, we go to the phone lines where we welcome in the manager and editor-in-chief of SB Nation's blog and the boys. You can find him on Twitter, at RJ Ochoa, cheering on, much like myself, his Manchester United. He is RJ Ochoa. RJ, what's going on? How's it going, guys? Odoyle rules. Hope your Thursday night's going well. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we're just uh, taking a little preseason football, uh, everyone's favorite Pac-12 after Dark Star, DTR, uh, doing his thing. That's with right, the, dude. The, uh, the Cleveland Browns taking on Nick Sirianni's Philadelphia Eagles. Um, as the Cowboys get ready to take on Seattle on Saturday, RJ, what has just been, if you could give me one word to describe Dallas Cowboys training camp as an experience, it would be what in 2023? I think it'd be delightful. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know if I'm, if I'm supposed to stop after the one word, but it's, uh, it's kind of been 
you know, pleasant. It's been great. Um, there's been no real drama. And in fact, I think the sort of fabricated drama has um, sort of unified everybody, right? Like there's not even like Cowboys mm. fans like arguing about this or that or whatever. There were these, um, we'll call them, you know, noble sacrificial lambs who <laughs> made sure the Cowboys fans could kind of rally against them altogether. So uh, it's been hunky-dory. Uh, I guess that's two words, technically hyphenated. I'm wondering on a couple different position groups on how they're going to play out, uh, particularly after how we saw John Stevens Jr. play. And, you know, I thought that I was really expecting a lot from Ferguson and Hendershot last year, and I thought they looked pretty good, but the offense was so much about Dak and Dalton Schultz. Then they draft Schoonmaker. You've got these two undrafted free agents that have played pretty well. My first one here, defensive tackle is another one, but... What are you seeing from the tight ends, and how do you think, as we sit right now, where everybody is uh, placed? I mean, obviously, Ferguson is safe, and obviously, Schoonmaker is safe as, as a draft pick. But I think, um, you know, I think the biggest shock is that Peyton Hendershot isn't totally safe, and it really, at least in my estimation, and it really isn't Peyton's fault. Um, it is the emergence of John Stevens Jr. I think. You know, if I had told you guys a month ago that, like, you know, you know, maybe we didn't have Sean McEwen on our 53-man roster, with all due respect to him, I don't think anybody would have been shocked by that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the, the John Stevens Jr. thing, um, you know, some of it is the kind of preseason catnip, right? The, you know, pick, pick your favorite undrafted free agent wide receiver over the last 10 years that has popped uh, in kind of a Pac-12 after dark sort of time frame. Um, but if I had to keep four right now, uh, and I had to lock them in. I'd go Ferguson, Schoonmaker, and then probably, you know, man, um, I, I, I'm not letting go of John Stevens Jr. That's just, it's too difficult for me. Um, and I might even just keep three at, at that point. I mean, if they want to go deep somewhere else, um, I'm at this point willing to believe it's probably easier to kind of bring back Peyton Hendershot in some sort of limited capacity than it is John Stevens Jr. given what we've seen in limited action. Neville Gallimore right now, is this the odd man out when we look at the interior of the defensive line? You know, I know you guys remember there was like the the drama with him or whatever it was like last year. Um, you know, this kind of the beginning of the writing on, on the wall. Um, I, I think that he was probably put on notice a little bit the moment Mozzie Smith was drafted just from a numbers perspective. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, and the math of it also is, you know, he's entering the final year of his contract um, and so his rookie deal. And so it's like, well, if he walks, I mean, is it really the end of the the, the world, end of the road, uh, you know, for us in a long kind of term capacity? No, I, I think he's probably a guy that you can afford to let go. I mean, it is, you know, amazing that we're sitting here, you know, wondering about a player like Neville Gallimore, who is very talented. It just speaks to the quality of players that Cowboys have accumulated in a, in a bit of a hurry here that they have so many bodies that we're fascinated by, because it's not even just that you have so many defensive tackles. It's the way, you know, they utilize them. I mean, they're putting DeMarcus Lawrence in the middle there with his hand on the ground. So you really are kind of running out of room for players like Neville at this point. All right. Yeah. SB nation's blog and the boys joining us here on the get right. We're KG here on one Oh five, three, the fan, uh, obviously CD lamb, He's Michael really Gall- good at football. Yeah, he's really good at football. Sorry, I'm just going to finish that for you. <laughs> Michael Gallup and Brandon Cooks, your top three wide receivers. Are you ready to believe in the Jalen Tolbert experience? You know, I personally wasn't um, at first. Uh, I, I spent a week in Oxnard, and it was the second full week. 
Uh, and after the first, I was kind of like, I won't be the one. You know, I, was, I don't know if you guys saw Hard Knocks on Tuesday night, but um, the, the mentalist or whatever the dude was and, you know, the way Aaron Rodgers' face was when he's like, okay, like you've, you've gotten literally 10,000 people in your profession, but I will be the one exception. That's kind of how I felt. Uh, but I'm, I'm head over heels. I, I really am buying that Tolbert has come a long way that, you know, if you want to call it humble pie, you want to call it, you know, rookie lessons, whatever the case may be. Uh, I've just been so impressed with him. He's said all the right things. He's done all the right things. And he has kind of the, the big brother encouragement of the players around him. And so, yeah, and I, I know the take is floating around, you know, Cowboys Twitter that maybe he supplants Michael Gallup as kind of the, the team's third option by season's end. I'm at, I'm at a place where I don't necessarily – like, I'm not ready to buy that stock. But if you guys want to, like, I, you know, I'd be like, hey, like, you know, that's you could spend your money in worse ways. And so um, Jalen Tolbert is coming for it all in 2023. That mentalist is an alien. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to call that right yeah, now. for sure. I mean, yeah, I tweeted I this out there. I, I'm like, uh, watching that, I'm going, this is – how? How? Just, it, I don't know. It was weird. I think that maybe aliens maybe probably out there, like how can we be the only ones on Earth? I didn't know if I'd actually seen one until I watched The Mentalist. Uh, speaking of Michael Gallup, you know, I think we could tell last year that in it does happen with some athletes following an ACL injury that it does take them, you know, another full year to get back to what they were athletically prior to the injury from what you saw in Oxnard, would that fit with Gallup? Is he looking more like the old Michael that we saw before? I think so. And I think, um, I think it's worth, you know, kind of visiting Gallup's career as a whole, right? I mean, he lands in town his rookie year and it's like, Hey, we just cut Dez. Uh, but, um, you know, but we signed Alan Hearns, so we're good. Um, and then life is chaotic and they trade for Amari and everything's wild and crazy and whatnot. And then Dak explodes in 2019 and then Dak gets hurt in 2020 and then they're moving and grooving and then Dak gets hurt again after Michael Gallup gets hurt. And so it's just all this kind of like, it it feels like they've, you know, never run parallel at the same time, you know, Gallup and the offense as a whole. Um, so, you know, forgive the obvious analogy, the stars seem to have aligned, uh, for him in this respect. And not just that, that he's healthy. I mean, I, I agree that he certainly seems in, in a right and proper place, but that he has the proper tools and elements around him, not just from a quarterback perspective. But, I mean, I, we all said, I mean, we talked about it, all of us, last year. I mean, the Cowboys made a really bad bet at the wide receiver position a year ago. And like Jalen Tolbert, like the way they placed an unfair amount of responsibility on him as a rookie, they placed a really unfair amount of responsibility on Michael Gallup coming back from that injury. While they did give him the contract and did reward him, it was just never practical to believe that, you know, first year returning Gallup and rookie Tolbert and James Washington could help out opposite of CeeDee Lamb, who I agree with Will is very good at football. (laughs) That he is. Very good at football. RJ, when you look at this defense, obviously Micah Parsons has been wrecking everything in his path and the chippiness that we've seen as practice ended, you know, yesterday and now going forward for the rest of this season. How far do you believe this defense can take this Cowboys team this season? I mean, it's it's difficult to to say anything shy of like to the like the distance, you know, and and, and the distance looks different every year, right? But a year ago, I, I certainly didn't believe. A year ago, you know, my mantra was regression of the mean. They're absolutely going to regress. There's no way that they're going to have as many takeaways in 2022 as they did in 2021. And they did, despite the fact that Trayvon Diggs lost eight interceptions. And so 
I mean, the fact that they were the first team to do that since, what, the 1970 Pittsburgh Steelers, like, they are already a historical exception. So they're already kind of defying odds in that way. And that obviously makes doing it again all the more improbable. But um, they've got, you know, the what? Third worst defensive player in the NFL on his worst day. Uh, they've got an incredible pass rusher opposite of him in Demarcus Lawrence. They've got one of the best corners in the NFL. I mean, they have all the tools, and then they have, like, the best chef in the world. They have that dude. They have the bear, like, running the defense in Dan Quinn. Like, it, it stands to reason that they will be the best defense in the NFL. Um, they've been flirting with it long enough at this point. This is the best Cowboys defense since when, RJ? Um, you know, on paper, I was really excited about 2015. Um, and, you know, I, I, I know that nobody, uh, I know there were mixed emotions about the Greg Hardy signing, but that was when DeMarcus Lawrence was kind of like coming along. Um, and Byron Jones had just joined the fold and, you know, Mo Claiborne was still kind of hanging on and Brandon Carr, like you kind of felt like they had potential and they had all those sacks. And that was when Rolando McClain played out of his mind. Yeah. And so like, you kind of felt like that was getting better as they went along. Um, But on paper, um, I mean, they, they looked so good in 2008. And that was when I really thought they were going to, and they had obviously just lost the division around the year before. Um, I mean, they had Terrence Newman kind of at the peak of his powers. They had Roy Williams and, and would later add another, Obviously, DeMarcus Ware and Anthony Spencer not in his rookie year anymore. I mean, all like they were great. That defense was so good. Uh, Aiken Adele, like you know, they had just even the role players were really, really, really talented. Um, and so, but but other than that, I mean, you know, people forget the '92 Cowboys were the number one defense in the NFL. I, I hate to be like, oh, this is the best team since the '90s, guy. But it's it's up there when you look at just kind of what they're working with in terms of the ingredients. Yeah, Brian Broda said the same thing. I, I asked him this question last Saturday because, to me, I honestly do feel it is the best one since the 90s when you had Haley come over and, you know, what was already, you know, a pretty good defense because that 08 team was very special. But this seems so different. And the addition of Stephon Gilmore, the fact that you feel like you have got some depth at – defensive end now at linebacker and at corner it just really seems like how could you put anything above that since you know 92 because of that yeah I mean again just from a talent perspective they're there but I think where I agree that they're different um sometimes in sports and and like they probably won't win the Super Bowl right and so like all this is just like you know romanticizing the subject you know for no reason like we're just wasting Mm -hmm. time at the end of the day but like I, I do believe that there is something to, to having lost, right? Like this is a, a young team that has, you know, tasted the, the perils that the NFL has to offer. Now I'm amazed that none of them have ever posted an Instagram photo watching another team celebrate, you know, winning the playoff game that they happen to lose, <laughs> but like they are, you know, they're scarred. And, and I think that those things matter. And, and I think that they have those, you know, kind of elements together with one another. And I think that somebody like Stefan Gilmore is the, the proper big brother um, I really thought, and I said this, you know, every day I could three years ago, I likened the Gerald McCoy signing three years ago to Mike McCarthy's Packers acquiring Darren Woodson. It was or Charles Woodson, excuse me. It was this guy who had been there and done that in the NFL and had accomplished all these things. And, and you needed that kind of catalytic experience for everyone else to rise around him. And that's kind of what, you know, Stefan Gilmore is. Broadus actually had my favorite tweet of training camp, at least the Oxnard portion, when he caught Deron Bland wearing the sleeves that Stephon Gilmore wears. Like, 
that that kind of stuff I, I believe has to matter. I mean, you know, maybe that's just like the forever sports fan in me. But I mean, this dude walks in with a defensive player of the year, a Super Bowl ring, and and the like, you know, coveted, you know, remarks of everyone around him. It it has to kind of make you sit up a little bit straighter in meetings every single day. And so the potential's there, the talent's there, the leadership is there, um, and and the right guy at the helm of it is there, and Dan Quinn, and and then the offense is there on the other side of the ball. I mean, it it's super terrifying to say that they have everything that they need. You can find him on Twitter at RJ Ochoa. He's the manager and editor-in-chief of SB Nation's blog and the boys and unfortunately an Astros fan at this point. Uh, he Why is, you got to do that to that guy? Well, Come that, on. because we yeah. are ahead yeah. of the Astros in the AL West, and he needs just to be got to out him like that? He, he's, he's, very, he's very loud with his on Twitter or whatever Elon calls it these days. Uh, he is RJ Ochoa. RJ, as always, my man, I appreciate your time. Thank you, buddy. Hey, you guys at the Rangers ballpark, if you want, they have a, there's a song that Neil Diamond sings for between the seventh inning uh, stretch. If you want to sing that and steal another team's culture, you can do that too. Uh, get out of oh, here, no. RJ. Okay. Get out of here. Take back what I said. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. RJ, blog of the boys. I can't say I disagree with that. That's kind of weak. All right. We'll, we may talk about that later. I uh, appreciate RJ Ochoa of SB Nation's blog of the boys for joining us here. On the get right, coming up next here on your home of the Cowboys and the Texas Rangers, we go around the National Football League where this team, Ron Rivera, has no idea who his starting quarterback is going to be. Oh, boy. Next on the get right. Walk This Way is a banger. Absolutely. An absolute banger. Like, every time I hear this song come on, I have to stop. Incredible riff. Like, it's just, (laughs) it's iconic, you know, when you hear it come on. Because you know exactly what's about to happen when you hear Walk This Way come down, come down the way. It's the Get Right or Reggie KG right here on 105 through the fan. About to go around the National Football League. Kevin Gray, Will Chambers, Regal Mendoza holding it down for you. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app. The text line. 877-881-1053 if you want to get in on the conversation. Coming up at the top of the hour, this one word from this ESPN insider describes what Texas, in terms of your Rangers, have accomplished so far and why they are where they are right now. We'll get into that at the top of the hour here on your home of the Rangers, 105.3 The Fan. Rigo, let's go around the National Football League, though, as we start here on your home of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, before we get to the baseball game that's breaking out at Lincoln Financial Field, uh, shout out to Ron Rivera and the Washington Commanders uh, because as of right now, they still don't know who their starting quarterback is going to be in our nation's capital. This could uh, sneaky be the uh, worst team in the NFL. Okay, now here's what's wild because they, skill position player-wise, they've got some good players there. Right, Terry McLaurin's a borderline top mm-hmm. 10 wide receiver. Really talented wide receiver. I've but always liked Dotson. Dotson, good player. You know, good running backs there. But the question that every team in the NFL tries to answer is, who's going to be the guy throwing the football? And only one team can say they got the best player in the sport, Kansas City, with Patrick Mahomes. But, yeah, Ron Rivera saying that he's still not ready to name former North Carolina Tar Heels Sam Howell 
as his starting quarterback for that's week one. That's not good. That's that's not good, Eric Bieniemy. Um, so yikes in our nation's capital right now for quarterback. Uh, yikes! Good, and- good for the NFC East. Good for the Cowboys. Not gonna lie, good for us. Well, not looking good so far, though. Not a the starting position for the original United States capital, Philadelphia. <laughs> Marcus Mariota, four of eleven for thirty nine yards and an interception. Yeah, apparently a baseball game is broken out in Lincoln Financial Field because the score right now is um, five to three in favor of the Cleveland Browns. Yep, we've had a safety. We've had a field goal, two field goals, two yeah. field goals, and a safety it's, in the game. It's five to three. Um, Shout out to DTR, you, by the way. Yeah, eleven of eighteen, hundred and twenty-eight yards. Uh, Cedric Tillman, boy, he's going to be good. He's going to be good. Jalen Hyatt had such a great year for Tennessee last year, mm-hmm. but a lot of it was because Tillman was hurt. So Hyatt was the featured guy, sure. and he realized, oh, this guy's really, really good too. But um, Tillman was is an incredible talent. Deshaun Watson, what if he doesn't, you know, revert back to the, what was the last year, 21? 2021, right? The last year that he was good in Houston. The last year he played. Yeah. I mean, he was really good the last year he played. Yes, yeah. And I, I know it's a small sample size last year with, what, six games or so, but... What do you do if that's not, I mean, as much as I've talked a little bit about Dorian Thompson Robinson, and I like him just because I didn't understand the Anthony Richardson deal. I'm like, if yeah, he's athletically a freak, but. Don't worry, I got some audio for you in just a moment. On okay. That. I got some. I, I, I said, I was like, I watched a lot of UCLA last year, and DTR was a better looking quarterback than Richardson. Now, obviously, they're not going to go with him, but they're going to go with Watson. But even if Watson looks like he did last year, you have way too much money tied up in him to even remotely think about giving up, right? Uh, yeah, they're stuck with Deshaun Watson. <laughs> I mean, they're paying him over $200 million guarantee. He's not going anywhere, even if they wanted to trade him. Who in the world is trading for that monstrosity of a contract? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're going to just hope it works for Andrew Barry, the general manager of the Cleveland Browns out there uh, in the dog pound because, yeah, Deshaun ain't going Nowhere. I do think, though, him and Amari Cooper are going to be a nice little combination. Because Amari Cooper, no matter who's throwing him the football, balls. Uh, he was balling last year for Cleveland. So, uh, we'll see for what happens in the AFC North with the Cleveland Browns. An intriguing team. They're hoping that their quarterback is able to turn things around for them because they're paying all of the money to him. Speaking, it's going to be a competitive division. It is going to be a competitive division. Um, interesting to see what Kenny Pickett does with George Pickens out there. In, George Pickens. In, talented football player. Dude. Apparently, according to Ryan Clark, more talented than Justin Jefferson. I'm yeah. not, not going to get it. Tomorrow. No. I, I mean, I know in the context of what he was saying, yeah. I, I, I know where he's coming from with mm-hmm. that. Uh, Jeff, Justin Jefferson, you know, because we talk about a lot of guys that have specific talent. Like Aaron Rodgers has more talent than Tom Brady. But Tom Brady was... Still is still the best quarterback that's ever lived, yeah. right? And you can't argue with the wins and everything else. Justin Jefferson is amazing, but like this specific, like raw talent, Pickens coming out of Georgia was ridiculous, and that could be potent this year. Pickett last year, I think he threw 
one interception maybe or or zero the last eight games and they went six and two. Don't sleep on them. Speaking of quarterbacks, uh, we go with cut number two, Lewis Riddick up ESPN. Very smart football man, longtime personnel man. Of course, now does a terrific job on ESPN. Uh, Mr. Riddick, how are you feeling about Anthony Richardson and his potential? This year, I'm really excited about Anthony <laughs> that Richardson. Work Look, every you know time. what? <laughs> you know, I know. I just tried. I thought I tried it again. Ooh. You know what the heck? Let's just have some fun here. But look, Anthony Richardson is like Donovan McNabb plus. Okay, when I see Anthony Richardson move, when I see his hands and the way he grips the football, when I see the way in which I mean, it's it's an effortless flick of the wrist and the ball's like 60 yards, 50 yards on a row, boom. And then on top of it, you're, four, you're 240 pounds plus running 4-4. Look, that, that's so much to work with. And as Peyton and Eli just said, look, he just needs more reps as far as decision-making accuracy and then making that routine thing right there, the decision-accuracy relationship, become much more routine. And that'll come with reps. And once he gets that, combined with the God-given athletic ability, I mean, it's scary what he can become. Mm-hmm. It really is because, you know, they're talking about, you know, Jeremy just talked about the fact that he's doing a lot of the things that the great ones do on a routine basis, showing up early, taking care of his arm, getting extra reps, taking care of his body, making sure he has the film worked out. Like, that's the key, Herm, right? I mean, that's what we're talking about when we're talking about pros who become great pros. Man, Lou. Your response to Lewis Riddick. I I, I mean, look, how many excuses... I really don't want to put myself in a position where I'm rooting against him because I'm not, you know, I, I, I don't know about him personally or anything sure. like that. I, I don't. He could be a, a great kid. I have no idea. I watched Florida play a lot last year, obviously. Should I do it and give the Tolos so they could take a shot? Of course. Yeah, because uh, he plays in the SEC and, right. and Kentucky plays in the SEC. There it is. So it's take your one. shot. Number one. And there it is. I'm like... This guy, plus good friends of mine that are big Florida fans, Chuck Cooperstein being one of them. I remember talking with Coop last year, like, I mean, he's so naturally gifted. Can this guy play quarterback? And at no point last year, not any point, did he show to me that he could play quarterback in college. I don't know. He's, he's showing up really great. He's taking care of his arm. He's watching film. Awesome. That's not what makes him great. You have to be able to play the position and do those things. He can't. He doesn't. He's not shown that he can. The name that I'll give you, and I can't wait to see the text line explode on this one, because I could give you a guy who wasn't good at throwing the ball in high school. He for damn sure wasn't all that great in college either. But he had all the physical gifts and tools to be a guy that you say, you know what, if he got some good coaching, if he got a little bit of scheme around him, some good football players, that cat could turn into something. You know who I'm talking about? Mm-mm. I'm talking about Josh Allen in Buffalo. That cat didn't complete 50% of his pass in high school, barely completed over 55% of his pass yeah. in college. And people were like, that cat? That dude? Yeah. Just get, get, give, give him a little time to work. Okay. Give, him a little, okay. give him a little time to cook. I, I think that's fair. Give him a little time to cook. But... He got when, some physical gifts now. He got some physical gifts that you can maybe mold a little bit, as Riddick's talking about, and maybe get a little time, living a little yeah, pile. Yeah, when you watch Josh Allen, and, and you're right, he could overcook some throws. Anthony Richardson would miss 
receivers by time zones. Okay, it was. It's I mean, not. It's not the same. No, it wasn't. It wasn't as bad. I, I trust me. And nobody was more surprised than me in the Josh Allen thing because I'm like, if you can't complete sixty percent of your passes in college in, in big windows, how are you going to do that in the NFL? And Brian Dable seemed to unlock that. But I just wonder how many times are we going to watch guys at the combine and be like, wow, like Jamarcus Russell. You know how long we're going to do that? Like Zach Wilson, like Trey Lance, or whether it be a pro day or in the combine, it'd be like these physical Mm -hmm. tools. Can you play the damn position? Can you do it? You know how long we're going to do that? As long as quarterbacks is number one position in all team sports. I don't know. Because everybody's looking for one. No, I Every, don't. Everybody looking for one. I, I disagree, <laughs> Kev. I, I disagree. We did not see that this year. Get ready for another shot. Will Levis was left <laughs> for a two. while. Number two, yeah. He was left for a while. And I was thinking that night, I was like, I wonder if this is a bit of a market correction with some quarterbacks. We shall see. And that's your trip around the National Football League here. On the get right, there was more. Can you si- play the damn position? <laughs> That's a drop, by the way. Thank you, appreciate you. Thank you. Uh, coming up next on your home of the Texas Rangers here on the get right, what this ESPN insider said about this one word that has the Texas Rangers in the position of where they are right now. Next on the get right. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.